Hi. How's things? I'm pretty good. How things with you? Uh man, today this week has been something else. You so. boss still away, so you're probably quite busy, huh? What's that? Is your boss still away, so you're quite busy asking quite answering questions for that new guy? Um, no, uh so my uh team lead, the guy that was out came back yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, and the new guy uh, has been out all this week and will be for the rest of the week. He's up in Boston getting training. Oh, right. You, you did say that before. Yeah. That's just actually not that then. So you let lots of things going on at work? Or? Oh, plenty. Um, so yesterday uh, was not as bad as it could be uh, because we uh, launched a uh, a client site. Like a phase two, if you will. Um, so, in fact, it went so well that uh, the boss bought us lunch. That's nice. So, you know, uh, we uh, ate uh, Chinese for lunch. There you go. I'm loving my dual monitor now. I can still be checking my email. <laughs> Did I tell you that that bought? I, I hadn't had a dual monitor set up at home until uh, uh, recently. Uh, I'm not sure if you uh, if you did. I, I I know you were talking about. I know you were talking about dual monitors that one time. Okay. But yeah, I just got my my dual monitors on a couple of weeks back. So I've been enjoying them. Yeah. So yeah, for a while there, uh, you know, having two monitors, I really didn't know what to do, but I finally, you know, got the hang of them. And, yeah. And now I've uh, gone a step further and followed in the footsteps of my good friend uh, Jeff Atwood and joined the three monitor club. Three monitor, ah. So, in I, fact. I... In fact, uh, do you have a webcam by any chance? I do have a webcam. Uh, and uh, I also have available bandwidth to do this. <laughs> you have a lot more bandwidth than me, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I still should have plenty. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, you know, YouTube and stuff. Uh, fine. It up. There we go. See you. That's the turn mine on, probably. No, I see it's not on. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I had to find my webcam. It was laying down on the floor someplace. <laughs> <laughs> so. Not too bad. Yeah. So that's you over there. Okay. You third and one then, over there. And there's Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> I've thought it worked before. I, I could probably use five monitors at once and Yeah. But anyways. Or actually as many as would fit around me in three sixty degrees. <laughs> yeah. Um it was a few months ago that I uh heard of someone releasing a monitor that was I'm not sure what aspect ratio it was, but it, it went around at least like 160 degrees. That would be pretty nice. Yeah. 
So, do we just pretty much, are you going to go through the document and uh, yeah, that's, hit, the, hit the highlights? and Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. So, goodbye, win, goodbye, Winamp. So, so yeah, the, uh, the thing there about that uh, wireless charger thing. Uh huh. That seemed more like news, so I stuck it down okay. in the news. Yeah, that's fine. I wasn't sure where to stick it. Let me see where it's at so that I know. Uh, that's right after the McAfee. Actually, I guess I can t search for Wi-Fi, and there it is. Okay, I got it. That's fine. So I love Google Docs. How you can see where someone else is editing. Yeah, it comes in handy. So, uh, so you know about the uh, raspberry thing, right? Yeah, I, I saw that. I read through it. I think I made a note something about like I'll, I'll mention about hooking up the Morse code key to it and well, I, hopefully you'll have a lot better luck with it because I did it and all it did was buzz at me. Okay. It it wasn't FM static because you know I could you know like disconnect the wire and it would go out. Go back to actual static. Okay, so it was definitely that causing the static. Yeah, it has a definite effect on nearby FM radios. Okay. I haven't tried it yet. I, I saw it and I thought, oh, that's fun. That was... It reminded me of way back when uh, I've heard that the old gaming systems used to do that. On purpose, they would write code that would make yeah. sounds for the radios and stuff. I never saw a game that did that, but I heard heard stories that the old gaming consoles would do that. Um, let's see, I, I remember, like, listening to a presentation somewhere, somehow, about, uh, uh, like, really old computers, like, back in the 50s and 60s, how, like, when they weren't doing anything, that, uh, like, they tried to hack them and, uh, you know, like, twiddle bits in such a way that if you stuck a radio next to it, it would play something. Okay, yeah. It's kind of fun, the stuff that they can do with that. That's, I guess it makes sense that the Pi could make radio interference because they always say that the electrical inter that they can cause interference to radios and stuff like that. It was interesting that someone actually wrote an app that does that. Yeah. That was a pretty good one. So uh, I had to grab a power switch out of like an old case, so I have this wire here. Like actually, like ah, a chair. okay, for your antenna, yeah, 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 nice. So, yeah. So, did you test the range at all, or you just did the short? Range? Well, I guess you got the buzzing, so you didn't have too much to test. Yeah. So, um, it was one of the kickstarters that I did a while back. Uh, was a solar cell and a power bank. So, like with this, I can like carry it around because I have a you know like my alarm clock also has a radio. So, like, I can just, like, hook it up to this, like, unplug everything else, and just, like, carry this around. Ah, pretty nice. So, yeah, a battery for my pie. So, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if the buzzing was because I wasn't using the included sound file with it, but, you know... 
it said, you know, like 42 or like 44.1 kilohertz, 16 bit uh, audio. Yeah, that was the assumption I made is you could use anything. Was yeah. How they made you believe. I don't know. I'll have to give it a try in mine and see what, what happens with it. That's definitely a, uh, that's, that's one of the, probably an easier use of the Pi of anything because it's built into it. You just plug in your antenna and you're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Maps it maps the peripheral bus in physical memory into a virtual address space. Uh, then it sets a clock generator module to enabled and sets the output to GPIO four and sets the frequency to one hundred megahertz or whatever uh, provided from PLLD at five hundred megahertz divided by five, which provides the carrier. At this point, FM will stop making a fuzzing noise and become silent. So... Yeah, I'm not sure if my pie is broken or I'm just doing it wrong. My bet's on I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, sometimes things can be tricky to set up. It's like if you miss one thing with it. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, if you go and ask the person who made it, it's like, you idiot, it's so obvious. I wrote instructions for it. You don't even need instructions. <laughs> it's like uh, work when they ask for you to write an implementation guide. It's like, really? I didn't have to write one? But, yeah, I guess you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was just before I left today that uh, it wasn't on the client that just launched. We're doing another phase for them. Um, but it's for, I think what client was going to launch next month that, mm-hmm. uh, like we need to interface with their, I think it's like their order management system. And, uh, like it, there's a soap, uh, thing, a soap thing they have set up. And, uh, so like there's uh, list orders and then there's get orders. Okay. Uh, list orders is just like, uh, just gives you the numbers and basic information. Get orders gives you like all the details. So let's say it should be like get order summary and get order details or something like that instead. <laughs> something like that. But, uh, like the document they, they gave was, uh, uh, like here's the whistle and like here's like all the fields to the objects, but they didn't say like here's like the methods or this is oh. like how you actually use the thing. This is like what's required or something. Yeah. So, uh, dealing with a lot of whistles and mapping documents and XSDs at work lately. Mm. Plug in with Walgreens and they're, they have their own system of pharmacy software that they want updated like their size. It's like anytime a patient has changed, they want updates. And then when their patient changes, they want it to update in our system automatically and stuff. So all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and what's the sort of weird part about it is that this company provides like a library for like my platform to use, but apparently this is not included for some reason. In what they gave you, they, they skipped the library. Um, were you saying this isn't included in the library? This is not included in the oh, library. Okay. I see. 
So, um, let's see, there's something else about it, but, uh, anyways, um, yeah, but at least the platform I'm using, Demandware, it handles, uh, SOAP pretty well. So, like, just, you give it the Wizdles and the XSDs and it figures it out, and, you know, the whole thing is based on JavaScript, so it's dynamic. Okay. You don't generate any classes or anything. Just so, makes them. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like okay, I want you to get this endpoint, and I want you to call this method on there, and here's like the request object that you need for that, uh-huh. and it just figures it all out somehow. It's, it's still got to be generated an object someplace. So if you're writing code against, or it's it's an auto-generated object, so you don't have to think about it. Is the it's, thing. It's, I think it gets uh, generated dynamically somewhere or okay. somehow, but like from my point of view, I don't see that. Yeah, yeah they kind of have that in the the .NET for their for the WCF. You can point it at a, a service and then get the service reference from it, and it'll it'll generate the object. So you, you can go in and edit the object if you want to, yeah. but it's intended to be auto generated and not touched, though. But yeah. Like, guess, like the stuff that it generates behind the scenes, I can't even see that. Okay. I guess in .NET 4.5, I haven't tried it yet, but I heard you can give a project uh, XSD and it'll build an object directly from the XSD. So you have no physical C-sharp code object saved. It just compiles right into an object. Huh. Yeah, I, I remember back in college, I was... Uh, uh, let's see, it was in one of the classes there. I think it was like a WCF specific class uh-huh. that, uh, you know, went over, uh, like the stuff that it had. And I think it was .NET 3. So, and, uh, and then like, uh, doing that in Java, like, uh, web services in Java was, uh, an almost total disaster. <laughs> so, like, Axis is a piece of crap. Uh, at least from my point of view, um, you can't really get it to work right, even though you generate all the classes and give it to them, give it to your program. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it has to be right, and it it has to be exactly right in, like, 50 other places or something. (laughs) I guess... I guess the .NET 3 back... I I was thinking about the back when that was that was like the first version that had WCF in it. So it yeah. Pretty new then I don't know the features probably were limited then and not near as good at from I understand. So, um, see, I think I remember doing like a like a bit field uh, for like one of those little fields that I was transmitting back and forth. So. Like, I, I remember, like, sort of, like, it was, like, either the semester before or after or so that uh, we were actually doing, uh, like, bitwise operations. Okay, yeah. So. They never taught us anything about services in college. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what WCF was. And then I came to work, and then finally I kind of started figuring things out as we did a few projects with it. But it was interesting. Cool. So, uh, you know, the other thing about the raspberry on this podcast, right? Um, we shout raspberry at each other for like 
three times or so. I guess I did not read that part. Let me go read that part. Yes. Well, it's not necessarily in here. It's just sort of implicit. Implicit. You shout raspberry. Yeah. So, like, I shout raspberry, then you shout it, and it goes back and forth, like, three times. Okay. So, it's... So, when it's, you're announcing... It's sort of a meme on this network. Oh, okay. So, obviously, I need to listen to some more recent podcasts <laughs> other than the first initial one you did yeah. way back when on Raspberry Pis. I, I think that's the only one I listened to was that one you did a long time ago yeah. now on Raspberry. I should have listened to a recent one. So, but, you say Raspberry, I say Raspberry, then you say Raspberry again. Uh, Yeah, and <laughs> I think in total, like... The raspberry is said like six times or so. Um, it's a rather amusing uh, thing that got started on uh, at the Nexus, which is the gadget show on this net on this network. Um, let's see, they they started with uh, BlackBerry, you know, because you know BlackBerry phones. Uh-huh. So like BlackBerry, 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 BlackBerry. Okay, <laughs> it's like hmm. Raspberry? Raspberry! <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, also, so, uh, and then the gaming show, uh, 8-bit, um, let's see, I have, I've called it the Innuendo Show, um, and, uh, we are the food show. The food show? Oh, yeah. because we talk about raspberry. And... Well, not necessarily raspberry, but uh, you know, like talk about what we've been eating. Ah, um, okay. So, um, yeah, you just uh, ate supper, so you have you have a fresh on your mind. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, let's see. Let me take a look at some of our show titles. Um, let's see. Uh, Pierogi Day. Uh, Last of the Tater Tots. Um, uh, Apple's Juice Policy. Uh, Ketchup Falling Off. Uh, Lost in the Rice Cooker. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Protein for the Cats. Uh, Pass the Fried Chicken. Uh, Let's Make Sure I Don't Butcher This. Although that wasn't necessarily a reference to food. Uh, I upset the apple cart. Uh, stuffed my face. Uh, an Oreo cream cheese suspension. <laughs> and uh, what's for dinner? Okay. So let's see why now? See, I think I was talking about dirt. You know, like the dessert. Uh huh. So yeah. There's plenty of fun things here. So, um, shall we get started? Sure. Okay, well, I've been recording some test stuff, um, so, like, let me go ahead and listen to that and everything. See if my mic's the right sound and stuff like that? Uh, you seem to be pretty good, so... All right, hang on. There we go. So how long did we do that for? Uh, it was over an hour. Wow. Like an hour and 20 minutes, maybe? Okay.
Seems so, to go pretty well. There's a couple of times where I know I messed up, but it's good. Yeah, so, you know, generally what happens is, you know, I'll, you know, do, like, sort of a pre-run on this and, you know, like, clean up the audio a little bit and, you know, insert some music and then tomorrow I'll listen through it and then I'll pull out some, like, rather random quotes and uh, then uh, we'll choose uh, titles from those. Okay, so this is where you're getting like the food titles and stuff from. Yeah. That's why you haven't filled out your subtitles. Ah, I see. Uh, that's cheap because you can't control where the talk goes necessarily. Okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll, uh, you know, have an idea in my head of, you know, something really convoluted to say. Uh, like uh, last episode, uh, the title was Semi Steampunk Amish. <laughs> because, uh, let's see, like there's an, I came across an article there about, uh, you know, you know, you might think of, you know, Amish being backwards and not technological, but, you know, they like to tinker with everything, you know, just like anyone else. Uh-huh. And apparently they have a lot of, uh, like, pneumatic uh, stuff, you know, like compressed air. Okay. So, you know, you know they, they really don't... Um, surprisingly or not, they actually use electricity in some places. Uh, like apparently solar panels and batteries with LEDs are really common. I think that's cheating. <laughs> Just because you know how the grid doesn't not make it electricity. <laughs> so, so uh, like uh, like they use pneumatic things a lot, and it's called like Amish electricity. <laughs> um, funny. So, like that does that make them sort of semi steampunk Amish? I guess. I mean, it's using air pressure, which is kind of like steam. Yeah. No? <laughs> so. <sighs> so do you, do you post your, your show document? The way you're reading off the things and not giving URLs kind of made me wonder that. Uh, the URLs will be posted alongside the nice. show. Okay, that makes sense. So. Um, let's see. I think that was it. I See, I I remember one time where I said, "Ask me about it later." Oh, what was that? It was something I hadn't seen. It had to do with you telling me about PHP. My admins after that. Yeah, maybe around uh, Intel, Mirror, Ubuntu. Yeah, someplace in there. How did we get on that? We talked about the database stuff. I I don't know if it was after or before that, though. Oh, well, I'll listen to the podcast and I'll tell you later. That's true, because the podcast will have it in it, won't it? Yes! <laughs> That's true. Why are we so we, worried about it? We have it? audio evidence of me yes. saying that. Yes, we do. Now I'm screwed. <laughs> so... All right, so I guess I'll get to doing magic with this and turn on the air conditioner because I had it off, and it's like it's been 90 degrees outside with 100% humidity. Apparently, Summer realized it was summer and decided to have summer before summer was over or something. It's, <laughs> I, I heard it worked somewhat. Someone went out and ate lunch outside, and they said it was hot outside. I didn't do my walk today. I was I was kind of busy today, but they, they said it was hot outside. I was like, okay. Yeah, so. I'm trying to see if I could find the website that uses the color where since I I 
listed it. Make colors to see if that's it. It was a good site. Maybe. Hmm, I don't think that's it. Maybe it is. I wish I could find it. I saw I used it once for a, a website that I wrote. And that it was nice. See, I thought it, I was at here at cover, Color Levers, but I don't think it was it. You thought what? I thought I used color levers, but I think that was like initially. Okay. But it's not what I used finally. Color scheme designer. Yeah, here we go. Color scheme designer? There, it's in the fringe. Which is technically what this is. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one I used. Yep, that's it. That was a good one. I should add it to Delicious now that I have Delicious up and I couldn't find it. Yes, there you go. So now I can tag it. Actually, with what I was searching for, so I can find it next time. Uh, yeah, that That's a good one. I like that one. Let's see, up here. And then there. How to choose colors procedurally. This side. Uh Creative link effects, that's what it is? Yeah. What do you do? You just go and click on one and Yeah, hover over it. See those? Yeah, I'm I'm seeing like the spinning links and things stuff. It's yeah, there's like a dozen of them. Still don't. Well, I can see the different transitions when you click it, and then it bounces you. Maybe it's oh, okay. I, I was seeing wrong how it works. Okay, I got it now. Yeah, it's just the visual. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. So you can kind of see see how it works then and. Pretty fancy. <laughs> and then sometimes you get too fancy with things and you confuse your user. Is like makes fancy stuff and they're like, "What's going on?" When mm -hmm. you're, they're trying to click it, it's moving on them, and they're trying to chase it down. It's in mind. I was thinking about chasing down links. The clicking reminded me of a. In college, we had a GUI design class, and 
the teacher brought in one of her kids and she you know, test out the programs we wrote. So the, the one student wrote a program that would have a box that said click me or something. And it's just like when, when every time it got close to the box, when it hit the zone of the box, you know, it'd jump off to some other part of the screen. The kid loved that so much. I remember that. Okay, then uh, down at the uh, feedback, uh, there's the uh, choosing colors procedurally. Feedback. Yeah, like down where I'm at. Feedback. Ah, there. I did choose colors procedurally. There we go. You know, it goes over like how colors are perceived and the fact that even though these colors are equally spaced apart on some spectrum, they're not actually perceived as being that far apart. Yeah, that's a good, good article there. That's, there's a lot of times color stuff I don't understand if I'm working on a website. Yeah, they, uh, like an interesting one deals with the uh, golden ratio in that, uh, like you advance your hue by like 0.618, whatever, mm -hmm. like down the spectrum. Like that gives, you know, rather, you know, good spaced colors. Uh, I'm saying like w the definition between colors is, is that 0.68. Yeah. And like uh, random saturation and random luminance. Like the same color just, you know, alter its, you know, value a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good in-depth article. Yep. So... All right, I guess we'll go ahead and kill this, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, see you tomorrow. We'll see you.